six minutes from right now. All right, what's going on, everybody? Yeah. Welcome to this week's episode of Par in the Disruption. We're doing a little bit differently this week. Uh, we have a bit of a health scare with uh, Matthew Potter, so uh, best uh, wishes out to him. Uh, we were just live in Tampa last week, and we are all back now uh, at home or in our home offices. So uh, this week we're going to do a little differently. we got Aaron uh, with our team. He's going to be doing a lot of the judging and asking a lot of the questions. Uh, so, But before we get into it, uh, the way the show goes, everyone gets 45 seconds to answer a question, and then we get two minutes of banter where we get to uh, basically insult and talk over each other. And then Aaron, Johnny, and Elias will figure out who gave the best answer for each round. Now, they are, they are respectable people, so they're not going to be doing any of these funny games that RJ and Matthew do where they change the score at the last minute. Uh, but before we get into today's show, why don't you guys take a quick 15, 20 seconds and, and introduce yourselves, please. Start us, uh, start us off, Leon. What's up, everyone? Leon G. Barnes. I still... I believe I'm still live in Tampa. Uh, these guys left me, which I'm okay with at this point because I'm three events in a row in three weeks. So it's good to be back in the office. It's good to be back with my PTD family. Looking forward to today's show. All right. CJ. Chris Jefferson, Richmond VA, the U. Uh, it's good to be back. Tampa was a blast. Uh, but excited to be back in the building today. And then uh, let's get into it, man. Looking forward to it. All right, Brian. Uh-oh. Brian? <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Can you hear me? Yes. I'm not getting into it. Brian Manley out of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, recently in Orlando. You guys there. Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? Am I, am, I, am I frozen? I can hear you. Oh, shit. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> we can hear you. All right. I think it ended. Can you guys? Good? All right. All right. So we're not sure what's going on with Brian's uh, system. We'll have to look into that. So, um, Steve Trang, we solved sales problems. We also sabotaged each other. So I told Brian we're going to be going live today at 11.30 in the office. Uh, and then at 11.20, I was like, hey, Brian's not here yet. Let's see where he's at. And, uh, yeah, apparently I told him it was 12.30. So, um, <laughs> sorry, Brian. Uh, I don't mean to sabotage you. I don't mean to, to do this to you. It's just something I do to you, other people, quite a bit. So, <laughs> Aaron, uh, why don't you lead us off? All right, guys, um, just before the show starts, I want to make sure this is a clean show. No, you know, no bad mouthing each other. Make sure it's a smooth show. So we'll go into question number one. Um, with the YGA strike officially ending with major agreements on the use of AI or copyright for ethical reasons, how should real estate community ethically use AI? Steve, take us away. Boy, I mean, as far as the ethically using it, I mean, I don't know... Um what we would do differently. I think however we operate today is how we operate today. I don't think adding AI is going to necessarily cause us to act differently. I think it's just going to accentuate who we are. So I think, you know, the real estate investors that operate ethically will continue to operate ethically and asking bad people to operate ethically. I don't know how that's going to happen. Uh, so 
I don't I don't think it's going to help real estate operators act more ethically. I think they're just going to be more who they are at a much wider scale, unfortunately. Okay. All right. Uh, CJ? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think AI, right, obviously it's here to stay. I think it's something that we've got to get used to in terms of, you know, ethics and things like that. I think Steve said it very well. You know, if you've already lacked ethics in your business, in your life, you lack integrity, uh, AI is just going to put an exclamation point on that. It's just going to make it easier for people to do that. Um, my thought is I think AI will be something that gets regulated pretty fast. I mean, what you can do with it is pretty scary at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to make more people unethical. I think it's just going to make the unethical people easier to scam, easier to, to do things that lack integrity. All right, nice, nice. All right, Leon. Well, first of all, I want to know what show I'm on that I can't uh, badmouth my my fellow guest uh, <laughs> here. I don't know why I can't do that. Uh, you can badmouth, but just in good faith. All right, all right. Just want to make sure we're clear on that. Um, you know, this. Uh, I, I don't claim to be an expert on AI. I've watched many presentations uh, at uh, whether it's in CG or Family Mastermind, and I know that those that are experts are finding ways to utilize it uh, at a high level. Uh, I think first and foremost, most of the other panelists here could really use AI to uh, come up with better answers to these questions uh, each on a weekly basis. Um, but I also do see that um, there's some opportunity here um, for these, uh, this type of technology to be able to help uh, you know, wholesalers that may have a bad name or just investors in general by writing better scripts, asking better questions. I have seen where the technology can uh, definitely help kind of regulate and add some um, uh, clarity, I think is the best word I could use to some of the things that um, we are doing as, a, as, a, as an industry. All right, thank you. Uh, Brian, take us away. I uh, don't know if Brian's thing's working yet. Brian's thing looks frozen for some reason. Yeah, okay. We well, AI Brian. Yeah, a maybe a we can a AI Brian. Brian. You pick Brian. <laughs> All right, we're just going to go to the rebuttal while we wait for Brian to get. Maybe he'll come with a question too, but you have to go ahead and go back and forth. Yeah, I think if you're, if you're looking at applications for it, right, the, the biggest challenge is that we don't really have a, uh, we don't have a regulatory body, right? Because if there was, you know, something AI could do would be be able to Make script sure these different websites point. and figure out who's who's uh, who's snaking whose deals, who's reposting other people's deals in bad faith, right? Like, hey, CJ is clearly taking my property and adding his fee and posting on his website, right? Like, if we had something like that, perhaps. But we don't have a, we don't even have a regulatory body, so I, I don't even know how we'll be able to regulate ethics. I, I think that's going to come fast, man. I think regulatory efforts around AI is going to come fast, but. I think we should adjust it to the thought, right? Like if you're not looking at how to use AI right now and leverage it, like one thing we're testing in real time right now is an AI cold calling bot, right? Like a voice bot that can cold call for you. I think the cool part is gonna be people that have like struggled with communication or struggled with sales or just comfortability. I think it's actually gonna make doing the business much easier. And I think it's gonna make a lot of people get into the business and have more success. Um, and all that said, it needs regulation. Yeah, what and you, you think about like Hollywood. Yeah, what, what CJ just said is where I was going with this is um, in 45, 45 seconds, it was a little harder to get it in. But, you know, if you look at why Hollywood was striking, specifically the writers, is because AI was able 
to write and take their jobs, right? We, we know as an industry, you know, there are not always professional standards across the board, but to, to CJ's point, when someone calls and it's, a, it's an AI that's been programmed specific ways, sellers get a more consistent answer. There's more consistent answer. question that can come from AI. So there is, there's some good that can come from this. Yeah, I think it's laughable, right, to talk about Hollywood and ethics because this is like, you know, like the, <laughs> this is like the, the, the Me Too movement, right? And like every time someone has the, a, a, a book that Hollywood buys their rights, they find a way to not pay the author. Like, and I don't think there's a much more exploitive culture <laughs> than Hollywood. So I think, you know, just it's like one of those things, right? If they have to say it, that means it's probably questionable. Like, you know, I trust a lot of people. But when a person looks me in the eye and says, you can trust me because I'm a good Christian man, like I start running. Right. <laughs> it's it, it's one of those things. Like if you have to say I'm ethical, <laughs> I'm concerned. Um, Steve, with that last point, you often say you're Asian, so that means you're not really Asian. Uh, anyways, uh, the voting went two to one. Um, Two votes for Steve, one vote for Leon. So it seems Steve would take round one with us. Uh, before we go into question two, <laughs> Brian, are you with us now? Are you good? Everything handed over there? I think so. Everything's full. I don't know what happened, but I think so. Can you hear me okay? Am I delayed? Am yeah, I yeah, we hear you. Okay. okay, great. All right, let's go into question number two. Okay. Um, what famous celebrity, athlete, musician, etc., would you like to help begin or teach real estate investing? Steve, I'll start off with you. Well, you saw the NFL change their logo or bio to T Swifty or some nonsense, right? Because she's involved with a tight end in NFL. So if there's any one person I could coach right now in real estate, it'd be Taylor Swift, right? It's clear her... Her reputation is um, uh, tra transcendent. She is not limited to one industry. She can impact multiple industries. So yeah, if there's one person I would like to be coaching right now, it'd be, it'd be Taylor Swift. I think that would have a profound impact on my real estate business today. And I could help her with, with her tax problems. Okay, all right. Steve's a Swifty, would have never guessed that one. CJ, you're up. Yeah, I, I go LeBron James. Uh, I really, really like what LeBron has done as a business person. I like how he's created a circle of friends around them uh, that he's built up through business. And I never hear them in all their efforts or in that endeavors really talk much at all about real estate. Uh, I think, you know, having a conversation with his team or LeBron or whatever would be super dope uh, because I think with his reach, with him being like the biggest athlete of our time, the impact he could have around young kids or young adults uh, looking to get into business real estate would be impactful. So that's what I would pick. DJ, I think you had a great answer there. Just letting you know that. Uh, <laughs> Leon, we're going to you. Oh, I didn't even see yeah, that. The, 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 fix is in. the fix is in. He act like he didn't see that cup sitting right there. You know, I, I too thought about LeBron as an answer, but uh, as soon as I thought about LeBron, I thought, about what Eric Brewer would say to me if I picked LeBron. So I couldn't pick LeBron, but I thought of exactly what CJ said is who would have the most reach and is someone that I not only would love to work with, but also work with their entourage and every other person underneath them. And that is Jay-Z. 
Uh, Jay-Z is a businessman. He is, he is Rock Nation, Rock Nation Sports, everything else around him. You get everything, entertainers, celebrities, sports, the entire, and plus just a, a cool dude to hang out with. And uh, in general, I just love his music and love everything that he's taken from uh, his music and what he is today. Jay-Z all day. Okay, Leon, I got to ask you a question real quick. So are you taking the dinner with Jay-Z or $5 million? Jay-Z. Okay. Interesting answer. All right. <laughs> Last one, Brian. I'm going with Ump, man. Shannon Sharp. Close Shay Shay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going Ump. Not, not only would we laugh hilariously all, and nonstop, uh, but, you know, oh, it's, it's, he, that's a guy I respect. I think where he is in in, in just life, um, it'd be two way, it'd be two way And I think his reach. I mean, trainers love him. You know, athletes love him. He needed to do something as well as just uh, take advantage of some of the reach that he's got too. Because again, he's just universally respected in athletic athletic circles, entertainment circles, even outside beyond that. So I'd have a good time while I also um, helped helped us both grow. So. Definitely be on. So, uh, Brian, oh, I, that means not good, right? No, no, that means you're you're 45 seconds up. So, Brian and I were hanging out, and I was telling him like uh, we were in Orlando, right, for ClickFunnels, and we were talking about how uh, I had a hard time ever taking Shannon Sharp seriously because if you guys remember back in the day uh, <laughs> during the Super Bowl run, I can't I cannot remember who was talking trash to him, but basically he's like, you know, Shannon can say whatever he says, but I will not respect anyone. I won't take any trash talk from anyone that looks like a horse. And like that image has never. Nah, <laughs> not not Unc Shay Shay. Nah, nah, not Shannon Sharp. That's my guy right there. Well, I can't let that slide. Uh, can't I'm trying to remember slide. who it was. I can't remember who it was. Was it John Lynch or whatever? No, it was a defensive back from the uh, Atlanta Falcons. First name was Ray. Forget his somebody last. Got, name. Somebody got ran over. I would bet. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, they, they didn't win Trucks. that Super Bowl for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So did did Leon say? Dinner with Jay Z over five million dollars. Yeah, shout out to my bank account, as Chris would say. <laughs> man, it was no hesitation whatsoever either. Hero, man, what's worth more to you? You know how to make money. Everybody in real estate, especially on this panel, understands how to make money. I, 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 connections is for me is is worth more than than the money without hesitation. So we're talking about reach. Why not messy? I think he's got the most. Yeah, I think he's got the most followers right on Instagram. Well, if you're asking me that question personally, like I, you know, I grew up with listening to Jay Z. I didn't grow up playing soccer, so it's a pre preferential preference for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know what's the point of debating. I already know how Aaron's going to vote. <laughs> exactly. See, he hit that cup now. <laughs> Let's get this cup out of the picture. Okay. First all right. of all, first of all, Steve. The cup is going to stay in the picture. Second of all, you called Shannon Sharp a horse, so you're definitely not winning this round. That. that was crazy. Um, I didn't say it. I was quoting someone during the Super Bowl run, and I couldn't get that image out of my head afterwards. I mean, there was that, and Shannon Sharp's retort to that was like, listen, if I was in, in a snowstorm and I saw him pulled, uh, pulled over to the side of the road, I'd look at him and keep driving. Okay. Anyways... Uh, all you guys' answers were great, other than Steve. Um, I'm not going to be like Potter, who would minus points away. 
But surprisingly, this one actually went three ways. Um, three ways. It was 3-0. Leon actually got all the votes there with the Jay-Z answer. CJ, I did love the LeBron answer. I did love the LeBron answer. No, I thought, but, I thought Leon had a great answer. I really did. Yeah, but the Jay-Z answer was phenomenal. 100%. All right, going on to question number three. According to a report by the ATTOM, owner, home ownership is now affordable, uh, is now unaffordable in 80% of U.S. counties. What do you think could be done to make housing more affordable? Leon, lead us off. We've had this discussion many a times uh, on this show. We've talked about how uh, government assistance uh, with uh, opportunity zones have tried to do this. And um, we've talked about this. I mean, goodness, if it's, it's at least been five or six shows. Um, I'm thinking about most recently some of the things that I'm hearing uh, in my particular state of which I live in Florida. And I know RJ has mentioned property taxes in Texas as well. You know, the one thing that I can tell you that in the state of Florida right now is causing major issues for affordability is insurance. Insurance has continued to increase and obviously with hurricanes continue to come through. Uh, that's something that's getting out of control. So some regulations on not only insurance in the state of Florida, across the board, because I'm hearing that as well, that it's not just a Florida thing. Same thing with property taxes. It's, it's, it's getting to a point where it's making housing um, uh, uh, unaffordable for most people. All right. Thank you. Brian, you're up next. So this, this is a tough one, man. And I, so I'm in Phoenix. I've seen our both out. And we've said this, I can say pretty confidently that wages in Arizona have not kept up with the, just what it costs to live, right? This is, this is something that's probably echoed throughout the country. Um, I don't know how you tamp down the appreciation of properties um, when you simply got a su supply issue and also not get, have government intervention into the, the income side. Um, you, you know, the answer to this, because as exploiters of the opportunities that we have as capitalists, all of us here have increased the values of homes. Um, I think with having inventory continue to be sucked out by hedge funds being turned into rentals, I just don't know the answer to that other than government intervention that pulls people, that takes away opportunities from capitalists. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a strong answer to that one. It's a really, really complex, okay. really, really complex problem. Gotcha, gotcha. As someone that has moved to Phoenix, I question myself every month why I still live here when I pay rent. Um, Steve, you're up next. Um, I don't have a great short-term or long-term answer. The only thing I can have is a midterm answer. I say midterm is we got to the biggest thing affecting affordability today uh, is interest rates, and the only way to bring interest rates down is to create more stability in our in our, in our economy, right? Like right now, there's so much uncertainty. Uh, because we've pumped so much money into it and we don't know what the future holds. And if we don't know what the future holds, then people are going to be putting their money in the bond markets, uh, more stable assets, the freaking metals that you can't really do anything, right? What can you even do with gold today, right? But people are buying gold and silver because they're putting it in, in, in uh, assets uh, versus um, in short in, in assets that you, t you typically put money in for stability. So the only way to make housing more affordable today is to lower interest rates. The only way to lower interest rates is to create more stability in the economy. But I think that's a midterm answer. I don't think there's a short-term answer we can fix this. And long-term, 
I'm kind of resigned to the fact that we're going to be like Europe and all these other countries where just it's it's a society of, of either your family has assets all or right, it doesn't, Steve, time up. and everyone else is renting. All right, thank you. Other than the fact that you went over the buzzer, that was a good answer. Uh, CJ. Yeah, I mean, look, Brian was going in the in the right direction there. It's government intervention. Uh, it's it's the thing that nobody wants to acknowledge and nobody wants to accept. Here's here's the hard facts. As capitalists and developers, we're we're all guilty of myself included, by the way, of contributing directly to this problem. So here's how you fix it: the government has to incentivize people like us. It has to incentivize Wall Street. It has to incentivize builders in this country to build affordable housing. The only way they can incentivize uh, people to be able to do that is by offering some sort of subsidy that makes it profitable for somebody to make the business decision to build something affordable. If, if you've got to go out and pay for land, if you've got at market rate, if you've got to go out and pay for housing at market rate, you've got to then go sell at market rate after you add value to that asset, just because that's just how it, that's how it functions. That's just how it flows. So it's really on the government at this point to create some sort of opportunity for this to function and flow better. Um, the problem is, you know, our strong capitalists are the people who make the decisions on what laws and what regulations this country has. Uh, and in and, and their minds, it makes no sense to incentivize people to build better. Thank yeah, you. I don't think I don't think it's the, the, the necessarily the politicians that don't have the right things in mind. Right. I don't think they even think about it because there's no one fighting for it. There's no well, one. Their, their, their voter base base isn't fighting for it. Well, they don't. They, they can't collaborate. They can't. They can't get together and raise enough capital to get their attention. So that will never happen. But that is the solution. Well, I think another thing with that too, though. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. I was going to say, the, the, you, you got to consider part of that block. So you, you mentioned the purchase of gold, Steve, and, uh, and bonds and that. But that's not what the average American, that's, that's a select segment of American population that's even considering buying gold or silver any of those other assets, right? I'm talking people I grew up, there was no investing, right? It was you get a check, you spend it, you survive, you have a little bit of pleasure with what you have left over, right? That's a lot of America. So I think what we have to do in, in some regards is take a step back and not be think in terms of sophisticated as we would typically do in this space because the average person is what makes fifty thousand dollars a year right if, if you're in phoenix and you're trying to rent a one bedroom you can easily pay sixteen eighteen hundred dollars a month for a one bedroom right i think 40 50 percent of people what they're taking home right now goes to housing and some people are tired than that so i think there's a couple of things when we had the interest rates low we saw housing prices skyrocket because money was cheap and it was easy for us as investors to continue it. So we saw these starch, these, these uh, hockey sticks. Now that we've got the higher, it just costs more to buy it. The prices have stopped climbing, but now it costs more to own it. And so there's a two and a half shortage of inventory for years. It continues to be that, but the people who are most in need don't have the um, cachet of political uh, pull to affect that change it so it's it's it, the people who need it most don't have the voice right that's a sad reality um, it is it is yeah. sad i'll give you a real life example of what you said steve about interest rates currently and what cj said about incentives i have several lots that i want to build on these are in neighborhoods in which would um hopefully would be affordable homes but I can't make the numbers pencil 
with my yep. standard operating procedures today without some sort of incentive by local government or federal government to make the number the numbers will not pencil for me to build on those lots and if they do pencil then the rent rates will not be affordable nor will they uh, be rent rates that make sense in that particular in those particular neighborhoods so that's where real life incentives would help because i've got lots right now sitting that i could build homes on that would be homes for someone that i cannot yeah that's the that's the overarching issue right like I think consumers, and when I say consumers, I mean retail buyers, I think it could get lost that when interest rates go up for the average everyday person to buy a home, guess what? It goes up for us too, to be able to develop properties. It goes up for us to be able to borrow money to, to, to re, uh, reposition assets. Um, when the market is high and people want maximum, maximum dollar for their property, guess what? We're paying maximum, maximum dollar to purchase properties uh, to be able to build something on or to be able to uh, flip a house on. So with, I don't know what you do, man, without the government being willing to step in and cause look, now it's becoming a big problem. We talked about this pre-show now it's up to 80% of people can afford a house, right? So like, what's it going to be when it, when it hits a hundred, is that when the government's going to jump in and say, Oh, now we should do something about it. The, the political base, I agree, Steve, it's not the politicians that drive it. It's the constituents that drive it. The constituents happen to be high net worth individuals, uh, generally property developers as well, that are driving the bills that get pushed through, that are driving the tax incentives to get pushed through. So it's not going to be something that's pushed until the pain is felt uh, on the developer builder side. And I think we're getting ready to bump into that here in the next couple of years pretty clearly. Uh, so I would expect something to happen for sure. Real quick, just to go back to what uh, CJ, you're talking about there. When I started off, we were talking about um, that we had had this conversation multiple times. So I added today, I added to the conversation with insurance and property taxes getting out of control in certain states as well. That adds to that issue of affordability. And yep. it continue. we continue as we have this conversation, it seems like each quarter something else is new is added to it. And so at, at some point that... Yeah. That, that bubble is going to burst and someone's going to have to step in. And I don't know from we as capitalists don't love when government gets involved, but I don't think there's any way around it in this particular case. Uh, I feel like you guys all, all dropped a lot of gems, especially because it's like something, sorry, especially if it's something that like I'm currently seeing in my life. Uh, for this one, it did go two to one. My vote did go to Brian, but I got outruled. CJ uh, ended up taking this round. So CJ gets on the board with that one. And before we go into question four, I am going to hand it over to Steve for a quick question, a quick word from our sponsor. Yeah. So guys, if you've ever run PPC ads, you know what headache it is and a nightmare to keep up with the latest changes. So I used to run all my own PPC campaigns and then I found Bateman Collective. Uh, I was relieved to find a PPC partner that actually knows what they're doing can answer my questions and are working with industry professionals and they have are actually true PPC experts. So do what I did, get a free consultation, ask all the questions, right? The ones that your current PPC providers are refusing to answer, ask the questions, get the answers. And uh, yeah, schedule the, uh, the, the consultation today. Go to batemancollective.com slash PTD. Okay, thank you, Steve, for that one. Now on to question four. 
with so many gurus on YouTube now, uh, gurus in quotation mark, what advice would you give a newer investor on how to decide if the guru is qualified to advise on real estate, on real estate and investing? DJ, take this away. Yeah, this is something that gets kicked around a lot peer to peer for from people who like sell products, right? It's like, hey, you should buy from me because this person doesn't really do what they teach. We hear this like all the time. I think it's a little bit different. I think what it really comes down to is, can somebody show you visible results that they've gotten for somebody? Has somebody actually gone out and changed real people's lives, gotten people real results at mass? Uh, and that would be the first thing that I would look at. The second thing that I would look at, I actually almost made a reel about this yesterday, but I hadn't got a haircut yet. All right. So here, here's the second thing. All right. And this is super easy. I see people post their Stripe accounts online that sell coaching and stuff like that all the time. What you should ask them to do is when they post their Stripe account, ask them to scroll down and show you their dispute activity percentage. Ask them to show you how many people have charged back on them since they've been selling their program. And that will give you a very, 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 very clear indicator on if there's somebody trustworthy or not. Oh, I like that. And also, CJ, I understand the haircut thing. Steve threw me on here. My hair looks crazy. That's why I've had on right now. So You know what I'm talking about, bro. Man, you know I feel your pain. About. All right, Leon, go ahead. It's the All thing, right. Steve. Huh? This is what you do. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this. I think we talked a little bit about this from the main stage um, at Family last week. Um, there are a lot of good people in this business uh, from the education side. Um, and there are some that um, get into education because they don't love real estate. But that doesn't make them a good mentor. That doesn't make them a great teacher and uh, probably more than likely doesn't make them a great coach for you. So I'm looking if I'm in your shoes or I'm advising, I'm looking for track record. Show me three minimum, three examples, no different than when you're vetting a contractor to flip a house. I need to talk to three different contractors before I make a decision. Same thing with this. Three people that you have uh, started from the beginning and where they are now successful. I need three examples and I need to talk to each one of those. Simple, just like you would look through a resume. I need to talk to three people that you've had success with as a coach. Mm, a vetting process. I like that. I like that. Um, go ahead, Brian. So uh, I think one of the things I, I wrote pretty extensively about this with uh, correspondence between myself and some other people. I think one of the main things is, is it current, right? There are a lot of guys that are really, really good, great at teaching what used to work, right? So is what they're teaching current? Is what they're doing current? Are they actively involved? You know, Steve, to borrow from what he always said, give me hugs, right? Do you have current or recent activity? You know, can you explain something as simple as a HUD document, right? Do you have the volume that you're, you're purporting to have? Do you have expertise in the vein of real estate that you're talking about? Are you out talking about storage units and all you do is flip houses, right? I think somebody can have, somebody can be qualified even if they've only done 10 flips, 10 ounces. Now they might not be qualified to teach you, but for somebody who's brand new, they've got something. So I think people have to make sure that the return that they're getting, you, know, you have to talk about accessibility, right? What does it look like if this person is going to coach me? Do I have access to them? Do I have access to their resource? Um, their successes, do I, you know, Chris really stole the grisser when he said, you know, look and see, are these successes sticking? So I think those are the main things you got to look at first is a recent. Is a recent right, and then you have testimonials, which I think third-party proof and can even talk to those people. All right. 
Thank you. Thank you. Uh, to your point with the Hudson, like, I know that's big for Steve in the podcast, and that's, like, true, especially with everything now. Everything be faked, and especially the earlier we're talking about AIs. All right, Steve, last one. Um, I, I still go back to, to the law of attraction. You go back to whose life do you want to emulate? Who would you want to trade places with, right? I think so often we're looking at people that are flashy. Uh, Brian Nasser and I were talking about this last week. Like Steve, Steve needs more Lamborghinis in his Instagram, right? <laughs> to get the eyeballs. Like I'm not going to do it. Uh, I live a life where I, it's a simple life. I get to do what I want, you know, with my wife, with my kids. Uh, I live a pretty low key life, but I live a life that I, I'm pretty happy with. I would look for a mentor who has that kind of lifestyle as well. Um, I, I like also what Chris uh, and Leon are talking about, like testimonials, right? You can go back and talk to people that I've worked with and their track record and their success. The one thing you got to be careful of is there's that one student that seems to be in everyone's program and they all kind of tend to point that one guy, right? So make sure you're getting relevant uh, testimonials. And then I do love what CJ had to say about chargebacks. That's something I've never looked at before. I think, <laughs> man, I think, I think Chris is getting vicious with these chargebacks. I love it. So there's, a lot of good, there's a lot of great points um, brought up there. I do love, um, Brian, I think, I think you were going a little bit with this, and I wanted to expand upon it. Also, make sure that you're choosing someone that is in the industry specifically for their niche that they are in that you want to be in, right? If you're looking to flip houses, find someone that has experience flipping houses. If you're looking to find someone doing ovations or wholesale, make sure that you're looking at specifically people that have experience doing those things. It's important because I do see people getting into the wrong programs um, when all they wanted to do was X and they got into this program because they liked someone and followed someone, but it didn't necessarily fit with their long-term goals of what they wanted to accomplish. Um, I've been very fortunate um, to work with a lot of investors that have worked with some great coaches. And to Steve's point, um, there are a couple of coaches that have coached people to a level of CG level that are very consistent. It's like three or four or five of them came from that one coach and six of them came from that other coach. Don't find someone that just has the one student that they go to on every testimonial. Yeah, and that's a big. That's a uh, there's a that's a big um, <laughs> a trend right now. You're seeing this a lot. The authority, authority, I think it's authority figure or whatever. Or you just keep pointing at one figure. guy. Like, Here you go. Like that guy's doing it, right? Like be be leery for the authority figure. Yeah, if if every if you're watching somebody's content or webinar or whatever, and every ad you see from them, everything you see they see them do, they highlight the exact same person or the, the exact same self result they've been able to create, uh, you should, you should ask that person quickly, uh, for referrals to other people they've gotten direct results from, uh, because they would only be using that same one over and over if they were lacking in others. Uh, so you definitely should look for that. Yeah. And one thing that I used to, uh, I, I used to run my own sales calls, right? Like, Steve, why should I get sales training from you versus somebody else? Like, I don't know. Maybe go ask the other guy, like ask him how many houses he bought last month. <laughs> I get that question all the time. Hey, why, why, why should I join your program? Hey, look, you, you do what's best for you. But all right, I'm gonna take what care I was of talking like about. That. But I was talking as far as the sales training. Like, why should I get sales training from you? It's like, go oh, ask the other guy how many houses he bought last month. There you go. Oh, 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 interesting. Yeah. Oh, well, we can help you. All right. All right. Anything else? Good. Um. 
this one actually went two to one again. Um, I'm keep getting outvoted. My vote would have went to Steve. I actually really agree when Steve says to uh, emulate someone that you kind of want to live like. I, I think that's such a gem because don't go after someone if you don't want to, you know, live the life they want to live. But I think CJ with the rebuttals um, and how much money are they actually you know getting refunded back is a great gem. So CJ actually is going to take that round also. I want to see CJ Shars backs after this episode. You should, man. It's amazing. Why, wait till you see it. You're going to be like, you're like, dude, this dude talks so much trash and just keeps backing it up. Man. <laughs> Shout out to the chargeback account. <laughs> All right. It's question number five. This is for Steve. Like Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have been seen together in the merging of two industries, the NFL and the music industry. What other industry does the real estate positive real estate industry positively affect? DJ, take us away. Yeah, I would just say the overall job market, right? You know, I think in terms of an industry, I think the construction industry at large, um, while it may not be on the investing side of the industry or the numbers side of things, I mean, the construction industry by far is the backbone of, of our country. A lot of people's parents, a lot of people's uh, family members have, have grown and, and created life uh, through construction, you know, and not just construction, but the manufacturer side as well in terms of, you know, materials and things like that. So I definitely would say construction 110%. All right, Leon. I'm going to go along the same lines as CJ and say local communities and local government. I don't think any of us, you know, like the majority of us got into this just going, I'm going to make my community better. Uh, and maybe if I make money, I make money. But inadvertently, if you look at whether you're wholesale, novate, fix and flip, someone, someone at some point of that chain is going to make that property a home for someone. And generally, a lot of the assets that we're purchasing, a lot of those have back taxes, which helps local government, right? They catch up on the taxes for that property and they pay those taxes consistently. Most, not all, most do. You now have a house that is no longer vacant in neighborhoods uh, that are being rented out or owned. Uh, home ownership uh, is a big part of our society. So I think uh, if I look at what we do without necessarily intending to do, we make our communities and our government, our local governments better because of this, what we chose, our lifestyle that we've chosen, uh, which is real estate investing. All right, helping out the community. I like that, Brian. So I, I wouldn't go with necessarily an industry, but I'd look at it rather it's just a, the kind of the uh, reverberation that happens when you improve, when you build real estate, right? So there's an area of downtown Phoenix called Roosevelt Row, right? A lot of people haven't been here a long time don't, don't realize that that used to be kind of like a skid row type area. Then you had artists and you had some of the creative start moving in that area. And what you see now is this proliferation of bars, restaurants. You've created community gathering spots where there was this dearth of this prior, prior to. You've got... Uh, unskilled labor and skilled labor both that, 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 that benefit. You've got young people that grow up, they have a collective space now, you've got community centers that grow out. So I think communities overall and all these different jobs and roles that, that feed into having a vibrant community are all impacted by just beginning to start to uh, ameliorate some of the real estate in the area. So it touches everything. I mean, it touches everything. I watched, I literally have watched community unfold 
just based on start. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I that was a good ref. Uh, I like that one. Improving. Oh, my bad. Yeah, um, I think kind of like Brian, right? What Brian said, like real estate affects so many different industries, right? It's kind of like oil. Like if oil goes up, like everything gets affected, right? Real estate, when when real estate transaction occurs, right? With a wholesaler, you got a flipper involved, you got a hard money lender involved, you got uh, real estate agents eventually down the road, title company, escrow, loan officers, uh, home inspectors, contract. Like it literally affects so many different uh, industries. Uh, so I. As I'm hard pressed to answer this question, like what industry benefits the most? Because I think it just benefits the entire area. Uh, I mean, even going back to what Brian mentioned a moment ago, this goes back to what CJ was saying uh, in the beginning of the show about uh, government intervention, like Roosevelt Road, like that was opportunity zones, right? So um, I don't have a great answer for this because I think real estate benefits every other industry around uh, around it uh, very well as well. Any rebuttal? Yeah, it's a hard one because the question is how does it invert invertly uh, affect positively so without intention and I there's not a lot I mean it's it's hard to have a rebuttal on that because it affects so many things positively and coaches gurus like Chris Chris Jefferson <laughs> <laughs> without 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 real estate we wouldn't have gurus like Chris Jefferson you're on mute Chris you're on mute <laughs> I said I don't I don't know if I'm guru status or not. All right, I don't. <laughs> guru is right under mogul. You're on your way. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. There you go. There you go. Got got two U's in that in that guru for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there was a uh, there was an NAR study. You know, it's like what was it was like for every house, and it didn't make a lot of sense. But if I remember correctly, it said something along the lines like every house that gets uh, sold in a year creates two jobs right throughout the duration of the year so yeah real it, estate's it, the backbone. and you saw what happened in phoenix when real estate went down like the entire city cratered right when real estate market went down i know every time i bump right. into somebody from from phoenix now you know they just seem stressed you know <laughs> i'm like is it the heat or is it is it the account like what am like, what's going on out there in the desert bro Lots, so lots I, Steve Trang and Doug Hopkins. Everybody else is stressed, apparently. Exactly. That's now Brian's living the good life. We caught Brian at home. He's normally in uh, on the ocean somewhere. Brian just got back, and then hey, be on the, yeah, I yeah. But you know, it is the heat, man. I haven't been hot for nine days, man. It's got back and it's hot again. That's <laughs> yeah, definitely the heat. Man. <laughs> I said, what the hell is this? <laughs> Uh, I, I definitely feel what you're saying, CJ. <laughs> definitely, definitely stressful over here. Um, also, <laughs> just so everyone knows, um, I'm getting attacked saying that I only vote for CJ. I, it's not my vote. I have other people in my ear giving me votes for who wins. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the U fam, bro. Welcome <laughs> to the U. It's not an attack. It's, it's an assessment. I, I actually voted for Steve last round. In the round before, I voted for Brian. So it's whatever. Um, Wait, who's doing this overriding? Who is it? Who are these people? <laughs> they're, they're look, they're off camera. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna snitch on my whole team like that. But um, Brian, you actually did okay. win this round. Okay. You actually did win this round. Uh, you had most of the votes with that one. All right, on to our sixth and final question. Uh, what's the most costly mistake you've made so far in your career, Brian? Take us away. 
Uh, going low, man. So my, my very first flip was um, three days after I decided I was going to be a flipper. So it was like, yeah, let's be a flipper. Three days later, I had a house, right? Um, it's the only, I've only lost them three deals ever. And this is the first one. It was plus K. It was a house that I got. I didn't know it came from a wholesaler that a realtor introduced me to. Bought it. It was move-in ready. And I thought, oh, I watch TV shows where you flip houses. So I ripped up all this shit that was already, can I say that? It was already livable and redid it all to flip it um, in a neighborhood in Scottsdale on a hill. Mine wasn't on a hill. Comps were all messed up. So my most costly was just running in ignorance on fire and just starting without talking to anybody. So that was it right there. Just waiting to get other people who knew what the hell they were doing to tell me you should probably do some things differently. You sound like Steve. I started out the gate. Yeah. Hey, but let me say this. The beauty about it is I had to do another flip because I lost money and I, a job couldn't pay that back. So it kept me in the game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Steve. Yeah. Uh, also a flip in Scottsdale. Uh, so I didn't realize this was like in a, in a very desirable area, expensive neighborhood uh, Ganey ranch. And so I was like, Oh, I mean, I can't lose in Ganey ranch. I bought this property. Uh, it's the first time I worked with this hard money lender. Um, and a, the costs are kind of high, but it is whatever. Um, the biggest thing that bit me in the butt was I didn't realize how important it was to not back up to a road. And this wasn't a main road, right? This was just a road through the neighborhood, but I did not, I thought there's no way it would affect more than 10%. But once you get into the price point of 900 to a mil, and this is before everything went crazy, people take off a lot more than 10% when you back off to a road that's near a school. So we, you know, I thought we were going to make like 40, 50, 60 K on this one, you know, kind of thing, but whatever. I think we ended up losing 80,000 on that flip. So uh, that was the most costly failing to underwrite backing up to a, a minor road in a really nice neighborhood. Uh, Steve, can I ask you a question? So, like, back out, like, of your driveway into a minor road? No, the backyard. The backyard oh, is the, the street backyard, that everyone okay. takes to drop their kids off at the school. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, CJ? You're on mute again. CJ, you're muted. Most costly mistake. I've had some mistakes in business. By far, by far. I don't even want to tell you how much it's cost. But... Uh, doing business with the wrong person. Uh, it's very easy up front to like make deals with people, agree to do business with people. And very rarely do you know who you're dealing with. Got into a deal with a guy uh, year, eight years ago, ended up costing me almost $700,000 in hard cash. Uh, you know, I could have simply uh, Googled the guy's name and in two seconds I could have saw uh, that he's been a serial scammer since 1980. Uh, but I didn't do that. Didn't do any due diligence. Made a deal. Went into a deal, and I uh, had to pay the cost. But uh, you know, it's part of the game. He was a serial scammer since 1980. That's how he makes a living. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's how he makes a living to this day, actually. He should have a course. <laughs> he yeah. No. Literally. He, he's good enough. He's that he good. He's good enough to have a course. Hundred percent. He's been doing it for it's decades. Not, it's not. It's not the crucible, is it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right leon take us away last one shout out to the crucible man. speaking of baits i thought you were gonna say serial killer i was really getting worried there for a second cj um, 
you know, there's a lot of overages that I think about for flip projects and uh, miscalculating ARVs and all of those sting. Uh, but I think about the missed opportunities more so than I do, you know, the, the projects that ran over and, and, and lost money, what have you. Um, so when I'm a very laser focused individual, uh, we are laser focused on, you know, fix and flip uh, and fix and hold specifically burst strategy. But if I think of the most costly mistakes over the last five years when the market was great, uh, I think about what I didn't do that I should have adjusted and, and done. And it would have, uh, it would allow me to do more of what my main focus is, which is hold as many properties as I possibly can. And not adding novations as a strategy within my business uh, has cost me the ability to have active income to be able to build a passive portfolio of wealth. Yeah, I'll add up there. Uh, probably listen to my people more. Uh, there are certain instances where I should have listened to them a lot earlier. Uh, if I had listened to them earlier, that probably would have saved a lot of uh, heartache as well. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like Brian, right? We're both hard chargers. We get out there, we go do things, and then we'll figure it out later and <laughs> kind of clean up the mess later. Uh, there are times where we kind of slow down and, and, and survey the landscape probably would save us a little bit of heartache as well. I want to find out more about this serial, the serial scammer. Uh, I, I, he's got, of course, he's still out and about. Chris, bro, we, we could, we should do a whole podcast. Yeah, on that experience, man. I, I, I might got to fly to AZ and do a pod with you on that, man. <laughs> Seven hundred hard cash, man. Trust if me. This is a gentleman from Richmond. I'm, I'm aware of the story. If yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I someone bought him up earlier this week at uh, our last CG Select meeting. I don't remember who it was, but it was a, a, a Virginia Beach guy that brought up uh, this Virginia, uh, this Richmond guy. Yeah, man. Part wait, of the wait, game, this guy, but... Richmond. My, yeah, my I'll tell you about it. Wait, <laughs> my no way. All three of you guys know him. <laughs> nah, he wasn't. This guy wasn't a lender. He wasn't. A... <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Serial usually means infamous. So most m most people You're know right. who serial people are. You're right. Especially in this industry. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I want you guys put in the chat, right? Everyone put in the chat. that's watching right now. Who do you think it is? And then <laughs> we'll evaluate later on. Who do you think is the biggest scammer <laughs> in, in, in the country? And we'll we'll we'll, we'll review the results later on. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, so we're going to go on to the last point right here. Uh, before we go on to I will say, okay, thank you. I just got the last points in. Uh, I know RJ is going to attack me next podcast because everyone got a point here. Um, just so you guys know, I'm not the only one voting, uh, so he knows that. Also, my point would have went to Leon because, Leon, I agree with you. The ones that you miss out on is one that like I end up losing sleep on the most over anything. But once again, I got outvoted. Uh, CJ will win this round and will be the winner of this week, um, winning three, one to one. So congratulations. <laughs> and I got a big charged up um, from somebody in this office. So Steve, you can figure out it is later and uh, handle that as you will. <laughs> um, he's got the yeah. shirt on because he's got a U tattoo on his arm. That's why. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I do not. I do not. I have no tattoos, actually, but. Yeah, so uh, he was smart though. He he hit it right, so he didn't vote for Chris in the LeBron comment, right? Yeah, because that would be too obvious. 
no get the vote for Chris on the non-LeBron comments. He's I'm smart. Right. Hey, welcome <laughs> to the U, man. Welcome to the U. It's a great place to be, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are gonna be fired. You guys are crazy. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, thank you guys all for joining. Um, we'll let CJ take it away and you guys uh, say your final words. I don't work here anymore, Benny, apparently. Yeah, uh, I'm sure RJ will come back and say I won because he wasn't here, even though I usually win when he is here as well. Um, had a great time today. Brian, it's great having you on. Uh, look forward to seeing you again. As always, good seeing you last week. Uh, I got a webinar tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, startflippingdeals.com if you're not registered you're tripping. All right. There's nothing for sale. We're just going to kick it, hang out and talk real estate. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Yes. Um, before we're going to Leon, I almost did forget. So thank you, Summer. Uh, we're going to put our thoughts and prayers out to Matt right now. He's in the hospital. So um, just keep praying for him. Make sure him and his family uh, keep you keep him in your prayers. Go ahead, Leon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shout out to Matt. Uh, thinking about you, my friend, and uh, hopefully uh, see you back here next week. Uh, for those that uh, are joining CJ tonight on that webinar, know that my man puts in the work. Uh, coming into this call, he was been working on that, uh, putting a lot of time into that. So make sure you check him out. The show is a highlight of my week every week. And uh, last week when we got to do it live, I can't wait to do that again. That was a lot of fun. Uh, excited to always be on and uh, we'll see you guys next week hopefully and thank you brian yeah definitely shout out to matt brother man hope you hope you, you're doing well man and just just get better and better um you're the good side of this steve's the bad side who uh next time you guys see me uh steve's gonna give me more than seven minutes notice <laughs> so i come in here with a beard shaved up and all that other stuff uh <laughs> that's my guy i love it but uh, no, I enjoyed you guys yeah, immensely. As always, man, and just uh, charge forward, man. Shout out to you guys. Thank you. Uh, Steve, go ahead and take us away. So I, I learned last week that there are two people that Brian has on site, right? On site, is, it's going down. So I'm hoping I'm not number three. Um, so uh, I, I apologize, Brian, setting you up for failure, asking you last minute. It's like, oh, by the way, it's not 1230, it's 1130. Uh, but you'll kind of get yeah, used to it yeah. when you hang around me just enough. Uh, so it was a great show. Fun as always. Uh, we got to do it fun last week in Tampa live. Uh, RJ is trying to make, recreate that. I don't know how that's going to happen. It was a blast. If you guys didn't see it, make sure you guys tune uh, back to part in disruption. We have the, the full live up uh, uploaded and uh, great show. Thank you guys. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you guys all next week.